Well, hello again, and welcome back to a Wine Affair podcast. Uh, as you probably can hear my voice, I'm very excited about today's guest. Uh, it's one of the neatest things about the world of wine and the world of work and hospitality uh, is how big and small it can be. And so for today's guest, I am super excited to welcome uh, a, a gentleman I had worked with when I first officially entered the industry. We won't mention how many years ago, <laughs> but I have uh, full circled, reconnected, and now we work on the same property for the same hotel company again. So uh, we just wanted to kick off this episode and say hello and welcome, Harry. Cheers. Thank you for having me, Andy. So good to, and Cindy, so good to see you. And uh, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Welcome. Thank you. Cheers. So um, kind of part of our tradition is we like to go around and talk about what we poured today, uh, just to introduce our audience to some new wines they may consider, and for us too, to practice and learn about uh, different pours. So Harry, as our guest, I saw some pretty sparkling. Uh, would you like to share what you poured for today? Uh, it is a sparkling. Um, today I'm pouring GH Mom uh, champagne. They are... It's a nice, easy drinking, you know, kind of lunch uh, champagne. Because here we drink champagne in here. By here, I mean in the uh, United States. It was pointed out that we drink champagne uh, to celebrate something. Every time we need to celebrate, we open a champagne. But if you go into the champagne region and it's 1 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, like, why do you – it's – we have to drink champagne. It's not a celebration. It's just lunchtime. So it's champagne all over. Uh, and GH Mom, it's one of the easy drinking champagnes. And it's one of the very few houses open on Sunday. So a lot of tourists arrive there on Sunday. And, you know, not a lot of people work on Sunday in that part of the world. <laughs> so there's not much to do, but a very few houses. And GH Mom, it's one of them. And their walls are full of paintings with uh, Sabraj. So it was right kind of on my alley. I love <laughs> uh, that. Let me see if I have the bottle right here. There we go. Oh, very nice. <laughs> very official in champagne. I love that. <laughs> and Cindy, it looked like you had something yummy in your glass. Um, yeah, this is a, you know, I'm in my fall season, so I'm drinking some Pinot Noirs right now. This is a Venstone Pinot Noir. I've not had this before, uh, California. It is a 2021 and it is, uh, it's a, it comes from a tri area here at 59% from Monterey County, 24 from Sonoma and 17 from Santa Barbara. So, and this is the, the bottle. Nice. And it's, it's a really nice Pinot. It's, it's definitely all the things, you know, from your classic California Pinot that you want. Bright cherry, vanilla on the finish, really light and beautiful and gorgeous color and all of that. So it's, it's a really nice, nice little autumn Pinot. I love that. What are you drinking, Andy? So I had, I had a hard time picking one out at the store um, because I was going for the American way to celebrate champagne. <laughs> And uh, But I wanted to find something new and different because I had you on this episode so I could ask you special questions. And so um, it is from France. It's Val de Mer. 
but what I one of the reasons I did pick this one out is because it has some fancy French wording on the label, and it goes into the non-dose, which uh, is no sugar added when it goes through the second round of fermentation. And from researching for this episode, um, I had some questions because people battle between what can you saber with uh, when you pop champagne with the sword. And um, I was reading, and I believe Harry had said something about it has to be done in the traditional method. So this is method traditional. Um, and what made me happy, too, is it's actually not a true champagne. It's a brute uh, from Chablis. So, you know, if you're looking for champagnes outside of Champagne, there are tons of sparkling wines. And uh, you can tell if you're looking at our, our video recording of this, it is a nice darker champagne. You can definitely tell it went through the true, the traditional method. Um, not as yeasty as I'd expect, though it says no sugar. It is dry, but it's not like a bone dry glass of wine. It still has a really lovely flavor. And uh, I agree, this is perfect for lunchtime, Harry. So I'm glad. <laughs> there you go. Now I have more to add to the menu. Yeah, it all, almost smells like baking bread. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the champagne, like brioche, it stimulates the appetite. <laughs> I read and, that somewhere. And you are, you are right about the uh, traditional method. Yeah, it's uh, when I remember when I was first trying to, I saw somebody performing sabrage many, many years back. And I'm like, oh, that's a pretty cool thing to try. But I never practiced it at home or thought about it. So we went to this uh, party. I can't remember if it was Christmas or something like that. And somebody had a bottle of, was it Andre or one of those $3 or $5? <laughs> Uh, sparkling wine. Yeah. Like, hey, I've seen a video. Let me let me show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm not allowed in that house anymore. So it was all over the carpet, on the walls. The bottle exploded. And then I was trying to convince them that this is not how it's supposed to happen. And I got a second bottle. And yeah. So I'm like, it has to be more about surprise than... It's not that simple. Let me let me look into this thing. <laughs> this was many many years ago. Yeah, both bottles just shattered because they were not traditional method. I didn't know at the time. Uh, so tested so, and proven. <laughs> yeah, what that does see because there's different ways you can put those bubbles in a in the bottle. You can inject it with CO two or you know, uh, it's not gonna have as much pressure that you need to, to break that glass. And the pressure in a bottle of champagne that went through the traditional method, it's about six atmospheres, which is, um, I don't know how to compare that, but if you like, for instance, uh, if you put air in your tires, in your car, if you drive a sedan, uh, it's probably 2.2 atmospheres around there. If you drive an SUV, it's probably three. So basically, it's like in a bus tire. That's how much pressure it's in with the traditional method. So that's why it doesn't take much to just uh, hit it and uh, make a little crack in there, and the pressure will do the rest because the bubbles want to escape. But if there is no pressure, you're just hitting, like hitting that bottle of Pinot Noir with a metal object. Uh, for Cindy, don't do that. It's going to, yeah, it's not going <laughs> to. Go well. 
I love that. Well, don't let his first time party trick uh, exploding with the cheaper bottle of wine fool you <laughs> because uh, what I was most excited about having Harry on this episode today is our tenure working together was really when I first officially started in the industry. We were both part of the opening team of the St. Regis Atlanta, uh, filled with history, filled with tradition, and being part of an opening hotel, you just try to create the best of the best address. And uh, Harry was always up for the challenge. And so uh, we were talking earlier about how fun it was walking down this, the hallway at work, it'd be lunchtime and we'd be getting ready for some amateur golf tournament or some PGA tour coming through town. And I see a set of golf clubs, but they're not from a guest or a player. It's Harry putting a bottle of champagne on a pillow, uh, kind of getting ready to swing and saber the bottle that way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we had a lot of fun and we'll, we'll share another story here in a moment, but it couldn't make my day happier. You know, squiggly lines of careers has been the theme word lately. And I kind of done that. And I came back into the hotel world, realized a handful of people that used to work with the St. Regis are now with my current company, IHG Hotels and Resorts. And uh, was learning and seeing who all was affiliated with the brand, visiting the hotel on our corporate headquarters property here in the Americas, see our old banquet chef, who's now the executive chef. And he shows me in the lobby and there is Harry. And it just was like the best of the best have all reconnected. Um, and it, it couldn't make me happier. But going back to the St. Regis, we had many traditions. And one of those was every day at 6 p.m. to celebrate the end of the workday. Like he says, celebrate with champagne. Um, Mrs. Astor, the Astor family started the St. Regis Hotels sabered a bottle of champagne. And so even if there was like two people in the hotel on a Sunday night, you'd hear a pop uh, echo throughout the lobby. And it was just one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but I, I'm going to ask Harry to go a little more into detail about um, one of the bigger challenges we asked him to do. And that was at the 100-year anniversary, when the 100 years after the Titanic sank, John Jacob Astor started the St. Regis Hotel, and he was the wealthiest man and went down with his butler. So that's another butler tradition of the St. Regis. So to celebrate that, Harry tried to uh, go up for a world record of the most bottles of champagne, champagne sabrage, uh, and also pop a hundred bottles of champagne in front of a large ballroom of people. So Harry... <laughs> I love to kind of hear, like, was that your idea? How, like, when did you decide to do this? Um, and tell us the story of, how, you know, the victory and the success. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, you know, I was very passionate about this. Um, I like this sabering, the challenge on a sabering, like you said, we can do it with different objects. And I did it with oh so many objects. Even my kids now <laughs> can saber without a problem. I'm I'm impressed. Um, if you do it correctly, it's easy, you know, and and fun way to do it. So um, I thought about you know is there a world record there? And it was several records regarding champagne, like how far a cork will travel 
when uh, you pop a bottle of champagne, right? So there's a world record for that. Then there's a world record for how many people simultaneously saber a bottle of champagne and they get like a stadium full of, full of people and everybody with a bottle and they saber or things like that. And one of them, it's how many bottles you can saber in 60 seconds. And I thought that was something that we can do. So we went for that. The record at the time was, uh, was 21 and uh, I ended up with 19. So never broke it. But the year after, like you mentioned, uh, I had the possibility with 100 bottles in front of me for Titanic. And there was a lot of people. You're right. I think I still have pictures. There were people in top of people outside at the window looking inside. So it was a very popular event. Uh, and uh, we did, I think, I counted 24 uh, at that time, but the world record was already broken in Spain uh, soon for uh, 30, 31 or 32. Because uh, those guys, they contacted me uh, saying, you know, thank you for the heads up on this being a thing now. Uh, and and right now, when I lately checked it, it's uh, somewhere ridiculous, like over 47 bottles in 60 seconds or something like that. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's something I wouldn't probably go challenge again. But at the time, it was very fun and a great idea and got some interest. Wow. <clears throat> what a great story. I love that. Harry, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? How did you get into wine? It's uh, honestly, I didn't want to have nothing to do with wine or wine making or uh, when I grew up, my family, we had a vineyard, right? Oh. And so I'm from Romania originally. Oh, okay. And so everything was self-sufficient, you know, uh, you uh, practice the trade. Basically, if I need my roof fixed, if I have a, uh, we're making wine and if the wine is good, we can pay people in wine, which they, they can sell the wine. So it was like a trade sort of thing. So you have to make good wine. It was just a tradition from generation to generation. So uh, I was making terrible wine. But being, being kids, uh, me and my brother, we're, instead of going outside and playing in the summer or, you know, fall, we need to go harvest and sticky grapes and crush. And then you only get one shot at making the wine because if you mess it up, <laughs> you know, your only chance to make it better is next year. And so forth. So started looking into it, but in no way trying to make a career out of it, just to try to help, you know, uh, the family. So as soon as we turned 18, 19, of course, both me and my brother, we joined the military. We're like, we're done. No more, <laughs> no more dealing with wine here. But little did you know, you know, uh, after I uh, left Romania a long, long time ago, I ended up on uh, some of course, is in Portugal working, um, you know, in a restaurant resort environment. And the manager there was a French guy and says, hey, let's taste this wine. And I was the guy that was cutting bread or putting the bread on a table. Like, here's what's wrong with that one. Here's what's good with that one. So they're like, oh, have you ever thought about being a sommelier? <laughs> like, oh, what's that a sommelier? <laughs> I have no idea. 
I just knew what's wrong with the wine because I made it bad. So I knew why it tastes like vinegar or it's not filtered or I'm like, oh, I did that. And I tell you exactly why it turned out like that or why it's good, what, why my neighbor's wines were better. And so that's how it started. I love that. And here you are. You have a bunch of letters following your name on your signature and LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's always so fun. And um, I know from the St. Regis being more driven around the champagne and everything, it was kind of the first time I was introduced to the true like tradition of Sabrine. And then I also look and re- try to research it. And then you see this word sabrage. And so kind of, can you help fill us in a little bit? Is it savoring? Is it sabrage? Like how, how do I say it? <laughs> uh, they're both accepted, but if you want to use the correct version, it is sabrage, which comes from, from French, uh, sabre, which is, you know, saber. It's a sword. I have one behind me right here. Oh, there's my sword right there. Oh, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, it always, yeah, they're, they're much bigger than you realize. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's a word that was accepted in the Oxford dictionary. So sabraj, uh, in English Oxford dictionary, it was pointed out to me at an event in, uh, in London that this is how you say it in English properly. Sabraj proper sabrage but saber if i say i'm going to saber because it's a saber sword i'll be okay in the states yeah you'll be okay okay (laughs) people will understand all right now here's the time this is like the number one thing on my lifetime bucket list and i'm i'm challenging cindy to hold me to it one day how do i do it i know there's a way i know there's a method but like from the person who can pop a hundred bottles at one time and break records what how do I do it? Okay, so it's um, it's really physics. So it has to do with the temperature of the of the bottle. If it's too warm, the bubbles are going to be bigger, right? If it's very cold, the bubbles are going to be smaller. Oh. So if the temperature is too warm, the pressure inside the bottle. It's remember when I said. The, bus tire (laughs) and they're contained in this bottle so if you crack the bottle this bottle for example um, if you hit the bottle to to crack it the crack may go long ways because it's too much pressure and explode now if it's too cold it's like hitting a a bottle so the, the bubbles get smaller and smaller imagine towards the almost to the point that there are no more bar- bubbles. So now you have still wine in there. It's not really still, but it's fizzy. And the bottle again will crack long ways, so it will explode. So it has to be a certain window where when you hit it right here on the lip, immediately this is the shortest area that the bottle will crack and uh, it will expel everything. Because I see a lot of articles that people write uh, sometimes saying, oh, what if there's shards inside? If you have six atmospheres of pressure shooting out of here, I doubt anything will go inside. And there should be no shards because it's a clean cut. 
But if they were, yeah, they will go out, not in. There's also a seam on a bottle that is good to follow when the bottles are built. There's two seams, one on one side, one on the other. You can easily see them on any bottle. So ideally it would be to hit right where the seam met the lip. And it doesn't take a lot of force. I mean, we did it with a spoon, um, butter knife, nail clipper, uh, golf um, iron, like you said, and all kind of objects. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I can tell you that you mentioned the, um, I, I don't think it was a six iron. I think it was a nine iron. Okay. <laughs> I knew it was one this, of the, the six or the nine. Which way? I always get those clubs mixed yeah. up with my golf. <laughs> but you know, that was one of the, the days always remember i got one of the best golf golf tips in my life i got it that day because the reason i opened a bottle of champagne with the golf the idea how it came to be is because we had some golfers staying with us uh, because of the augusta tournament and one of them was ernie Els, oh. which is a golfer from south africa a big really big guy and he didn't qualify that year I can't remember if it was 2011 or 2012, 2010. One of those. But he does he does make his own wine. So, um, and he he wasn't happy. So he came with his entourage down there. I remember he was drinking Heineken. And I'm like, how do I, you know, get them to be a little happier? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, to be more in a mood for. And our sabrash time comes at 6 o'clock, like you said. So I went to their group because they didn't want to participate. They were not interested, you know. So I said, how about I'll say, I'll open a bottle of champagne with a golf club. I'll show you how to do that in exchange for a golf tip. So they said, okay, fine. So some of them came, came out and we did the thing. Like you said, I put it on a pillow and hit it to it. I think it's... It's all over YouTube. You can see it. Oh, I will so, have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, open the bottle, you know, so everybody's happy and we're drinking. So I said, well, I went to his entourage. And there was this one guy. And I said, so where, where's my golf tip? And he said, well, what do you want to know? Because they're all like professional golfers, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'm not a big golfer, but eventually I will you know, hit the ball a few times and get on the green. Now the challenge begins. How do I put the, do I look at the ball? Do I look at the hole? How do I hit it? Is there a certain way so I don't have so many putts? And the guy says, how, where, uh, when you hit that bottle uh, with a nine iron, where where the court go? I said, oh, I don't know. And I don't care because I just care to hit it in the right spot so it doesn't explode on us. I don't care where the court goes. And he said, well, there's your golf tip. Don't worry where the ball goes. Hit it in the right spot and it's going to go in a hole. So it's been 12 years and I'm still thinking about that. Did it help? I'm like, like that. Did your golf game improve? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I look where the hole is and then I don't care where the hole is. I just... See where the spot is that I should hit the ball. I love 
So there you go, connection between Sabraj and golf. Okay, I'm a little better <laughs> at golf, so now I'll, I'll, I'll apply that to Sabraj. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, Harry, this was wonderful. Thank you so well, much. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, now, thank you for joining us. This was really, really great. Thank you so much. And now, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, in the future, if you want to switch to whiskey, I have a few stories about that, too. <laughs> ah, okay. Another love of mine. So perfect. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And yes, next time, Cindy, you need to come down to Atlanta uh, so we can all practice together. And uh, Harry good. can introduce us to some of his wonderful wine and whiskey. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, you all. Thank, thank you so you, much. Andy. Cheers. Thank you, Cindy. Cheers. Thank you.